Is that Tat Quest one or two? One. One. Yeah. I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm diving deep into Cat Quest. I'm getting into the lore. I'm doing the work. I'm getting into it. In the Death Strand Cat Quest. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Are we ready to go into the backlog? Uh, there's past halfway. Oh, uh, that hurts. Uh, this is painful. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's all hurts. All right. You ready, fuckers? It's <laughs> 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 all going downhill can, can now. Can you please put that at the beginning of the episode and then just cut everything else? That's the only no. thing. Joel, you're editing this week. Which, Your choice. Part. The whole thing. Just the whole episode. Just, just <laughs> the whole podcast. Hey, you guys ready, fuckers? You guys ready, part. fuckers? And then the rest okay. of the episode is gone. Yeah, noted. <laughs> okay. All right. Are What's good, Internet? And welcome to session 40 of Super GG Radio, where friends chat about video games and all things adjacent. This week, we celebrate the day before Thanksgiving and episode 40 with 40s! Woo! There we go. Got that into the mic there. Uh, got some King Cobra here. That'll be good. Uh, joining me, as always, is Black Friday Super Shopper Joel DeWitt. Let's hear you crack that 40. Uh, sorry, Alex. I am hashtag White Claws this week. Hey, man. Ain't no laws when you're drinking claws. Now over to our other co-host, Eric Getty Gettinger. Let me hear you open that 40. All right, let's see if I can do it as well. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to join you here. <sighs> Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, cooking a I'm cooking a turkey at 5 a.m. Oh. So Al- Alex, you did uh, King Cobra. Mm-hmm. Daddy, what did you choose? I got the Mickey's. I had just enough to upgrade. How do those rate on the tier list? Like garbage. It all <laughs> tastes like garbage. <laughs> In college, we drank so many 40s that I got sick on Mickey's. So I purposely go King Cobra. All right. Gotcha. Now, Joel, I hope you got like three or four uh, white claws ready. I got a fridge full. We're good to go. <laughs> uh, all right, kids, you know the rules. You drink when I say so. So go ahead and drink. Mm. Let's do it. Chris. Mm. Uh, okay. All right. Yep. <laughs> Come join us this week for multiplayer madness and early adopters. Then we round out a good variety of games in the backlog blog before we tell you all about what we're thankful for this year. But first, as always, early adopters. Alphas, betas, and codes that someone sent us mistakenly. Gotta love clerical errors. We are a clerical error. Yeah, right. Uh, I know. So I was beta testing like mad over the holiday weekend, uh, with the holiday being Halloween. And this is way back a month ago, obviously. It's going to be hard not to burp into Mike. Oh, well, <laughs> it's okay. Whoever's listening doesn't care. <laughs> well, everything's going to go downhill from here on out. My LEDs that are attached to the back of my TV just started flashing in the right corner of my eye, so that's great. Uh, okay, so I was beta testing a whole lot over the, the Halloween weekend, and I played two of them specifically. The first one, GTFO. GTFO is a horror cry, almost like getaway procedural from the guys who did Payday. Getty, you should play Payday with me. Oh, yeah, no, I know. <laughs> our twitter feud this last week about all of the games that you had me buy and then it's like oh yeah we're not playing that anymore yeah we great. should play payday i played payday last month yeah oh you did that's I did it's just dandy yeah. so payday and in the same essence gtfo is not a run and gun just shoot willy-nilly it's actually the opposite you have to be very careful and very real with how you do everything in the game the premise is you are being tasked with dropping down into an alien spacecraft that has been taken over by like by aliens humans lived on it and then all of a sudden they went black blackout where there was no communication you go there and all aliens have broken loose your job is to go in there grab some data grab some stuff like samples and then get out but uh, each item you have and every weapon you have is very finite, very limited. You have two clips on your gun, and you have two guns, but then you also have tools. Like, uh, you have a flash- flashlight is actually a legit tool because everything is 
pitch black. Uh, Joel, you got in this with me, right? Yeah, yeah. We were some uh, Daft Punk-looking motherfuckers. I mean, with just sort of the shield-looking faces and nondescript look. And then uh, my favorite part by far was, so, Daddy, while you're sort of queuing up to go down in order to start the round, mm-hmm. uh, you're put into these, like, sort of pod things uh, that are being lifted by these crane arms and it poses you next to the people you're playing with and so just back and forth alex and i were moving our mouses to nod and say sup at each other (laughs) and then it drops you in like the tower of terror Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's so dark that all you hear is the wind rushing and you see slight lights everywhere so it's actually kind of frightening all right then then once they drop you in it's go 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 and you have to be very careful the aliens are dormant until they see you and then they all come rushing at you so you have to use your tools like a trip mine or a freeze gun and you have to watch your ammo you can't really miss shots if you start missing shots all over the place you're going to be pretty much done for yeah they they nail the mood for it it is suffocating it is stressful (laughs) while you're playing and everything is finite so you really have to be mindful of how much you're spraying at an enemy with bullets. And it, it all creates that great kind of tension you're looking for in this kind of match-based game. Yeah, and it's first-person shooter, but for the most part, it's figuring out how to use your tools and how to use them wisely. Because let me tell you, we played around six to eight rounds, and the first two we lasted like 30 seconds. Now, you and played that, it with four total people? No, there is four, four total people available, and that's really what you're, you're gunning for, because there's no CPU. Okay. They, they tried to do this with uh, Payday 2, but they would include CPU, and the CPU was completely and utterly infunctional. People have mm-hmm. said that, like, oh, Payday 2 is one of the best games out there, but you cannot play it alone. <laughs> there's, no, there's no point. There's nothing. They don't do anything. The AI doesn't work. Because of how specific and how detail oriented everything is, there's no way they can function in that environment. So they don't. And so as GTFO, they just said, "Nope, it's out. It's gone. Only way you play is with a play with your friends or by yourself, and you're going to be handicapped if you play by yourself." Okay. But uh, me and Joel played, and we had to walk very slowly, and we would find a choke point, we would set up traps, and then we would alert the aliens and just sit there and kind of take out as many as we could. And then once they're out, go into the room, explore, find what we needed to do, then go to the next room. But it took, it was a learning curve. It was because we didn't, we didn't like it at, at all at first. <laughs> I could, I can believe that. It was like, this isn't fun. It's not fun. Well, right. Well, we, we had the Moran mindset going into it at first because we were handling it like your typical first person shooter run and gun and spray and uh mow down enemies and these creatures they take a substantial amount of damage to down they, they kind of remind me of uh you remember until dawn the wendigo oh yeah that that that's <laughs> kind of the visual you should think about when you're trying to visualize these creatures and like those it takes a ton to take them down so like alex said you you had to put strategies forward in order to really get them funneling into a choke point and then centralizing your damage on them and utilizing all the tools available because you have these limited resources that you you know you run across some ammo refreshes but not enough to be meaningful and Alex you said that it is harder with less people I, th- I believe so because you have less ammo and less tools available to you as a, you know because those missions I assume go longer and deeper than what we were doing and if you remember we were scrapping by it it's a couple times we were just like well we're both out of ammo and we only have this melee weapon so <laughs> great <laughs> uh, run run bad try to take a couple swings run bad farther there was a spot where I uh, Alex got killed. <laughs> And then I was running back, and then I got, I fell and got stuck between a wall and a piece of geometry. No. <laughs> and, yeah. and so like, it was just me hitting the space bar over and over. Trying, trying to, to jump out of way it. Out. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah which and I'm just I, trying I, not to bleed out. Yeah, I eventually did, and I think we got revived. But <laughs> it was a very harrowing moment. Yeah. So they really do nail the mood and... From what I understand in the promotional materials that have currently come out, the mission structure is going to be randomized. So they will only release 
they want to say like six missions and say like a month and that, like that will be available to you in the next month there'll be five missions, but it'll only be for three weeks. They said the times will vary how long the missions are available, as well as which ones, so it'll be fully randomized and different and varying each time. Now, with that, I wonder if they're going to do something for the groups that are able to make their way. I, I believe it's called a rundown, all of the missions yes. that you have to complete. So if you're able to make it through a rundown, if you get certain like perks or even customization for your character well if they go the way payday 2 did that game got customization crazy yeah and then they added so much dlc on top of dlc on top of deal there was hotline miami missions in payday 2 <laughs> with the music and the 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 way the missions will look and act it'll still be first person it'll still be the 3d art style of payday but the music is the same and the lights and colors are the same and then they even added john wick as a character in payday 2 I hope they don't go that far into customization. Like, it, a big appeal to this for me is the tone and mood and setting of this. And it would kind of pull me out of it a little bit if I turned and saw somebody with a clown wig and a nose, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I'm sure some sort of cosmetics or alternate weapons or perks will be in play there. Yeah, they just do a very good job of keeping a game alive. And and I mean that in like the best way because, again, I think there was an update for Payday 2 this year. And that game is relatively old. I'm not going to look it up right now, but that game is still going. At the, it's still got Because I, I, I played it for Multiplayer Mondays, I think, two, three weeks ago. And the, the community was alive and thriving. I'm playing, mm -hmm. I played Guilty Gear Exert Sign, a much more recent game, and that online community was non-existent. <laughs> So that should give you some sort of like some of these games I'm playing online. I'm like, man, this has got nobody online. Lethal League Blaze came out this year and there is nobody online. It's because you're too I'm, good at it. But I'm finding Payday 2 games <laughs> left and right. So <laughs> one last note on GTFO I just want to throw out there. When you die there and like the mission's over and you all failed, it's just a blood curdling scream in your face. Sounds it's, it's like a, it, it was like a skull, right? It's a skull face. Or yeah, something? something like that. Sounds terrible. That's just, that screams in your face, and every time you know it's coming, and it still is very jarring, and not in like an annoying way, an actual like chills way. After the first time we did it, Joel goes, "I don't, I don't know if we could, we could do this much more." <laughs> it's, just, it's such a blood curdling scream, and it's like, oh, oh, I'm uncomfortable. Oh, that's scary. So that was one of the Halloween beta tests, GTFO. Now. The other one, and, I, and I'm, I've been waiting on both of these to talk about them again since Halloween, but I've been very excited about these. Uh, the second one is Midnight Ghost Hunt. Midnight Ghost Hunt is Ghostbusters multiplayer. It's so cool. So it's 4v4. You are ghosts or you are the ghost, essentially the ghost hunters, quote unquote ghost hunters. <laughs> and the ghost hunters have different abilities. So they have like different types of guns you can select for a loadout. Different tools, things like your traps or a melee weapon that hurts ghosts or, you know, different things or a scent. Uh, there'll be sent different sensors. One can see the footsteps of where ghosts have been or uh, radar, what direction they're in. And your laser beam hurts them, your main laser beam. But there's a more powerful one that's like a shotgun, a shotgun laser beam. The traps will hold them in place while you shoot them. They have a life bar. But on the other side, ghosts have the ability to turn into any object. And it's got like a very Skyrim effect where there'll be pencils and pens and jack-o'-lanterns and candles and lamps on every like surface. So you could turn into one of those. Kind of like in Prey? Yeah, exactly like Prey. Okay. And you can move as that object, you can attack as that object, and then you can jump from object to object. Or you can just get up and walk around as a ghost. But they can see you that way. So and... There's different types of ghosts, and each ghost has different abilities, too. Some of them can hit. Some of them can teleport. Some of them can make fake noises across the room. Huh. That's actually really neat. <laughs> yeah, and and then just to add to it, you have five-minute matches. It's five minutes to midnight. And once midnight hits, the ghosts become ultra-mega-powerful. <laughs> hmm. And so you have to try, like, if there's, like, one ghost left, he can go around in, like, three-shot hunters. So they have to all work together to kill that last ghost, or else he just three-shots them all. So up to that point, are the uh, ghost hunters more powerful compared to the ghosts? Yes. Okay. Yes, it takes a lot of hits to, to down a, uh, a hunter. So for mm -hmm. the most part, you're either throwing objects at them and then trying to run away and hide, or you're just hiding until the timer runs out. So once the timer runs out, is it impossible to kill the ghosts or just a lot harder? It's a lot harder. We definitely did it once 
in one of the matches I played. And uh, again, this is still a beta test, so the the tests are actually roaming. I've been trying to get back into it, but they're still not online again. Hmm. But uh, when I played, I saw a lot of interesting scenarios. Uh, for instance, I saw one guy on the ghost team start to grab, uh, like become something, move in front of a door, and he essentially barricaded himself into a room. <laughs> what? Yeah. It took, like, the whole time, a lot of people were just, like, throwing the ghost grenades, trying to move, like, the giant fridge he moved in front of the door, and they're like, we only got 30 seconds, we gotta get this out of the way, because that ghost is in there, and in about 30 seconds, he's gonna come murder us all. <laughs> so, there, there was a lot of neat tricks, and a lot of neat tools, and a lot to it, because, you know, there are each class of weapons, and class of ghosts and you have four on four you get into a game and you just kind of go and the, the maps were cool too because it was sometimes like an abandoned crappy apartment complex that's got like five bedrooms or a, a spooky mansion with jack-o'-lanterns everywhere just different stuff like that the theme and the tone you can throw in a mental hospital in there and you're good you know you could do a lot with it uh and then just yeah multiplayers and you go into town trying to, and i only saw th- i think three classes three or four classes of each type but you can easily add more yeah so I took a peek at this game just so I could get a better idea of what you're going to talk about, Alex. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is the ragdoll physics when the ghost hunters get hit? Because it looked really funny in the videos. It's, it, it's pretty silly. It's definitely pretty silly. Yeah. Yeah, they flop around pretty good. I know I, I got stuck on some geometry when I died, and then my body just started freaking out. Oh. <laughs> uh, then uh, the one other thing to note is that there are points on each map because the maps aren't huge. They aren't. But there are points on each map where you can go and change your loadout. Hmm. So so if someone has the same kind of tools as you, you can go and change it out and try something different. And hunting the ghosts was a lot of fun. And if they're moving around, you can use the footstep detector to find them. You can walk into a room and throw a grenade and see if that hits anybody. There's a lot of options and things that you can do. And especially as a ghost, the way the guy barricaded that door. Or for me, I was just uh, making sounds across the room so they'd like run away from me. And then I just start jumping from place to place. Sounds really neat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Midnight Ghost Hunt. And I played both of them on Steam, and they are a lot of fun. Either e- These games as multiplayer games, I'd like to get them in for like some multiplayer Mondays, because, again, I had a blast on each of these. Though, with GTFO, I would recommend getting some more people, because, again, they are not... <laughs> they have explicitly said in press release, we are not adding AI. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. So, I would look into GTFO and Midnight Ghost Hunt. At least keep an eye on those. I know I will. Now, moving on to the next game I played this week. It was called Drink. Ugh. Happy to. Cheers, guys. I will finish this 40. Ugh. All right. And let's keep going until I didn't tell you to stop. Ugh. <laughs> Still let's drinking? See. Keep going. Now, damn you. Let's see if they continue through the break. Be right back. And we're back. Back with the news. Not all the news. Just all the news that's worth talking about, that's excluding the Steam sale. <laughs> it's only okay, Getty. It's only okay. I know. That eShop sale. Now that's what we're talking about. Mm. First piece of news this week. Battleborn is shutting down servers going offline in January 2021. F. No longer available to purchase on digital stores. R.I.P. Now, I, I am going to miss all the nights that I spent up doing the pvp while you guys just sassed me about it you really liked this game it was a lot of fun honestly honestly i'm just gonna interject here and say i thought battleborn initially was better than overwatch there you go i just liked the ability to upgrade the characters in the middle of the pvp matches it it built your character to the loadout that you wanted so joel Mm -hmm. battleborn was just was similar to Overwatch in that it had a, I, a large... He played it with us. I played this. Oh, did you? Yes. I don't remember if you did. <laughs> he played it with us. I, I returned okay. it after a week, but I played it. <laughs> I liked it a lot. I, It was fine. It, it didn't catch me like Overwatch did, but also I never understood why they were being compared so furiously to each other. They were two completely different games. And Battleborn, I mean, 
just the the objectives were different and how much impact you personally had on a match was different and the abilities were so different that it, it didn't make sense that they were compared to each other other than the fact that they were first person shooters coming out at a similar time mm-hmm. but if you know I, I don't know what kind of player counts happening with this at this point i assume not much since they're deciding to shut it down yeah uh, i'm a little surprised they are not doing any more digital storefront purchases though which i mean i guess that's at least a consumer friendly thing so people don't feel like they're being built if they decide to dump money into it <laughs> yeah. you know months before it ends but i uh no i thought i thought they were i thought they were continuing to let people buy premium currency if I heard it correctly, it was that you're able to earn it and spend it still, but you can't buy it with real money. Gotcha. Uh, okay. But, well, that's fine then. But w- one thing that Battleborn did really good is that they had really creative different characters. That That's an area where I feel like they were distinctly better than Overwatch in. Now, wait, Getty, I have, I have a question for you. Sure. You had said that you were trying to platinum this game. Did you Did you make it? I never tried to platinum this game. Oh, okay. I thought yeah, it was your. This one was, was hardcore. This one was like you had to play through the. You had to somehow. Oh God, if I remember correctly, you had to reach certain levels with each of the characters to unlock different pieces of their story, so that you could get a trophy for each one of them. And then there were just like the generic ones for completing PvP or story missions. But trying to get through some of the objectives for the personal characters, it was insane. So yeah, I I never thought that I would platinum that. Okay, I thought I thought you might go for it. And I was like, man, you better hurry up. No, well maybe now I will. <laughs> it, it's ne- free to play now, isn't it? Mm, or it's dirt a, cheap. Yeah, it's pretty dirt cheap. I think it's a there's a free to play version that's more limited. Hmm. Now on to the next piece of news: Stadia games under pro subscription, not native 4K 60 FPS. Google responds by blaming the devs, uh, basically stating, well, maybe people will take advantage of our 4K streaming later on. It's a good good start. Good start there. It's not our <laughs> fault. It's uh, everybody else's fault. You are Google. You have some power. Nope. They're powerless. They're completely powerless. They're a search engine, Alex. Come on. I, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, they, they've been so opaque about the messaging for this thing in the first place that... It doesn't surprise me that this bad news is sort of coming out at a trickle as people have gotten their hands on it. The one thing that surprises me is that this is something that is more dictated by the developer than Stadia itself. Because my understanding by the sales pitch of Stadia was that you're going to have basically the PC version of the most high-end game experience possible. And the only thing that would dictate your resolution quality and first-person... and FPS would be your internet connection. Mm-hmm. So it would be the equivalent of their servers are running the high-end version of the game, so by default, they should have the option to have 4K 60 FPS, and then as long as your internet is stable, it is going to translate that to your TV. The fact that they're pushing it back on the developers makes it seem like these developers are having to produce a completely separate version of their game for Stadia, and it just depends on how much they want to put an effort into it to make it eligible for 4K, which is crazy. doesn't sound right at all. If you ask me. And also, the, what, what what incentive do they have to put it in 4K and a specialized Stadia version? It's a lot of work. None. I, I mean, there was, there was an article out recently that said that Destiny 2's player base is like 1% of the total Destiny 2 play, <laughs> player base. So it's like, if you're not having that wide audience, especially at this early outset, w- there is no incentive unless unless there's some sort of money being thrown at them to do it. You know. <laughs> and there's not. <laughs> no. Absolutely. <laughs> I call a drink. All right. Let's do it. You don't have to say that twice. <sighs> so, Stadia offers two new games, including in the Stadia Pro service. In December, you get Farming Simulator 2019 and the Tomb Raider reboot, the first one. Interesting enough, those are up for purchase right now. So you can buy them, but you can get them for free. They're starting to actually give refunds now. For what? The games? If you bought them. Oh, yeah, if you, if you bought, bought them? them on Stadium, the Stadia, they're like, well, sorry about that. Here you go. Here's so, your money back. Uh, what have you guys played on Stadia so far? The the two free games they gave me. Okay. Dest- Destiny and <laughs> so, uh, Samurai, Samurai Showdown. Showdown. 
Well, yeah. I wasn't sure if you dropped some extra money on it. No, I, I have been hesitant to do that because while they've been cagey about giving details, they've been saying that as a pro member that they would be doling out occasional extra games. So I, I didn't know if I should have expected two a month, and I'm still not sure if you should expect that moving forward. I see this as more of sort of a, like, we're sorry that there isn't that much here yet kind of fig leaf, but I I would expect maybe at least one a month moving forward. So by that virtue, that's one of those things where it's like, if they handle it like a PS Plus light service where they keep on giving out a handful of curated games each month, mm-hmm. that makes the value proposition of 10 bucks a month for it a lot more palatable, right? Oh, don't get me wrong. That's I absolutely love having the PlayStation Plus just for that because mm-hmm. I feel like the value that you get out of the games is so much more than anything else that I'm really getting if I go out to the store. I, I feel like it's still so much more if I purchase a, like a used copy and then well, that? Yeah. the next month yeah. you just get it for free. And, and, you know, the other thing is that it, they choose such an eclectic mix of games that you're going to be exposed to new stuff that you maybe wouldn't have tried before. So, like, PS Plus, uh, I pulled out Starwall and Torkoal, <laughs> which were these two little indie games that I'd never bothered with that I think was offered, like, a year ago. And my kids and I were able to play and have a blast with it. Uh, here we got Farming Simulator. You know I'm going to farm the shit out of some <laughs> land here. In the Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, now here is what I have to say about this. I have the same problem with this as the same problem I have with the Switch. You must be on some sort of drugs to think (laughs) that I am going to buy a game that I could get on Steam for $15, going to pay $60 for. They're on sale. Oh, here's Skyrim for 50% off on the Nintendo eShop, $30. You are ridiculous if you think Skyrim is worth $60 right now. It's, I'm sorry. You Nintendo. always have the same rant about Skyrim. <laughs> no, it's not Sky. It's not just Skyrim. It's the, the same, same one, one that you used last time. Oh, this, oh, what is this? Half off? <laughs> basically, any Bethesda game, he'd be saying this about. Yeah. No, Stadia is doing that too. Stadia did that with their, one of their games is sixty dollars, and I can't remember which one it is, but it is ridiculous that something like they're like, oh, it's on Stadia now. No, I'm not paying sixty dollars. You're wrong. Then don't and, pay sixty dollars for no, it. No, so that's why I, you're like, oh, I thought you might say no. So, the only one I would have bought was that Tomb Raider game. It was ten dollars. So, so the argument for oh, that's so heartbreaking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The argument for Switch making sense is that the value proposition of having it on that platform that is both something you can play on TV or on the go is compelling enough of a value add to make it make sense to yes. buy a full price copy. Just Six Sigma with, does. The problem with Stadia is that it's this half-baked thing that we are in a basically beta program for right now and not the full-fledged promise of what they are pitching it as. And it's also not coming out day and date, whereas it makes less sense for it to not be coming out day and date with Stadia because it has been marketed as a basically pseudo-PC platform kind of thing. So in theory, you should be seeing it as... There's no reason why it shouldn't be coming out the same day and date as PlayStation, Xbox, PC. Switch, it makes more sense because these bigger titles, they have to put in some heavy lifting in order to make it just work on a weaker platform like that. The only reason that Switch gets a pass for me is if I want to play that game on the go. Now, real quick, (laughs) uh, I have just pulled this up. And the reason why I pulled it up is because the only way you could buy games is on the Stadia app. You can't Mm -hmm. do it from your TV. You have to do it from the Stadia app on your phone weird um here we go uh shadow of the tomb raider definitive edition 60 dollars. steam 2368 right now uh let's see what else we got uh and you're saying that it's not in full 4k no well it's it's upscaled (laughs) uh here we go assassin's creed odyssey 60 dollars. it's on sale right now and it's like oh half off for 30 dollars. it's like that seems weird let me go over to steam real quick assassin's creed odyssey not on sale 27 dollars so yep. we're making a case for the Steam sale now? No, not even that. It's more about the fact that like Stadia is good for when you want to play games on the go, but you can't quite play, it and play them on the go yet. Al- Alex is saying it's so bad that it's making Steam sales look good. Okay. There it is! <laughs> but I digress. Farming Simulator and Tomb Raider. That Tomb Raider reboot is real good. I hear Part 2 is even better, but I will play the first one again because I want to try it on Stadia, and that game is really good. 
I also think we got it on PlayStation Plus quite a while ago, so... Son of a bitch! <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we got the drink. First one? Let's oh. move on. What about the first one? Mm. I was going to say we definitely got the first one, but if you want to borrow the second one, I have that, and I have the third one, too. Uh, give me some time. I will be into it. Next piece of news, oh. Devil May Cry 3 for Switch. Hot on the heels of Resident Evil 3 remake rumors. Okay. Hmm. Makes sense. I Devil May Cry 3 is where it started getting good again. First one was great. Second one was horrible. Third one was decent. Give me DMC and we're, we're solid. I'm into, I like DMC. That game starts weirdly with a threesome. <laughs> that sounds like a God of War opening. It does, well, that's that's the whole thing. DMC was kind of the reboot where they wanted to make him edgy and cool. He's punk rocker hanging out at bars and picking up two ladies and getting drunk in the back of a limo. Uh, do, you guys, pre- do you guys remember the hate train for DMC back I when do. it was being? Like, the internet was picking apart every single detail because I think the marketing images showed that he had dark hair instead of the like uh, platinum blonde hair that yeah. Dante usually has. They showed him with the Union Jack symbol on his coat or something like that. And <laughs> like the internet was doing side-by-side images of the director of the game with the new version of Dante. <laughs> and people were claiming that he was basically uh, self-inserting himself into the character. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have this archival knowledge of just completely useless information. <laughs> Yeah, I think th- I, I just recently watched my roommate play DMC, and I I liked what I saw, but it was real silly. Your roommate? Yeah, Cecilia. Oh, it's <laughs> like Beth. She well, she Penny. really wanted to play DMC, watched, and I bought it. You watched your wife play? <laughs> no, uh, no, uh, I had it, and it's kind of one of those games. You know, it's a, the backlog blog. I bought it one time on sale for twenty bucks, and then threw it in my trunk, and then I never played it. And then she was like, "I like that DMC game," and I was like, "I think I have it somewhere." And then I watched her play for most of it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, just uh, just something I want to note on this Resident Evil Three remake. I liked Resident Evil Three. That's where I fell off the series. Everyone's talking about this. Like, do they remake four, and do they continue on remaking games? Where these Resident Evil One could use this treatment. Yes, they remade it. They made it HD, but it wasn't this. So why don't they just do this to one? That's my vote. I think they could at least do a visual touch-up of four. That that game looks fine, but it's still very much a PlayStation 2 game, and enough time has passed where they could make it look nice and pretty like the... At least it doesn't have stagnant camera. Mm, Yeah. Like like the Resident Evil 1, uh, 1 HD remake is still stagnant camera. Well, and the aiming is still garbage. Yeah, and that's what I mean, is that like people are saying, like, oh, what are they going to do next? Do one. Remake one. I don't know. That's all you got to do. One feels so much like two, but... not. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like that two remake, though. No, it doesn't. But, as, so, I mean, the, the whole mansion and the police uh, station, they were kind of the same place. <laughs> I disagree. It's kind of really lazy <laughs> on their part. <laughs> Disagree. Hard disagree. Really? The mansion yeah. and the police station. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to explore different areas of the... Where's your Jill sandwich, Getty? Where's your Jill sandwich? Oh, there we go. That's why. Okay. Yep. <laughs> All right. Next piece of news is exciting for me, at least. New Saints Row to be announced in 2020. Yeah. Man, you are pumped. I have not played these games. What? I have also never beaten a Grand Theft Auto. Alex, this is like the fun version of grand theft auto no i i don't disagree i want to get to them it's those those games are long and like stop. a lot's going the on the sandbox stop. games are pretty long stop talking about this or he'll assign his video game homework <laughs> okay oh hold no. on wait saints <laughs> let's see how much it is on steam <laughs> oh god i already have a game in mind too for the next for when it's my turn wait whose turn is it next it's yours what yeah oh. you're up buddy unless you want me to do it i'll i'll do it God, I can make us play some really stupid stuff. Quick, <laughs> I gotta get out of here. <laughs> so that wasn't all the best news, but it's still something to get us talking this week. Or at least enough to get Joel pumped about Farming Simulator. Now, let's take a drink before hitting the backlog blog after the break. <laughs> Thank you. 
And we're back! Back with the Backlog Blog. Backlog Blog is where we play games that we bought on Black Friday, mostly because someone else wanted it, and you'd be damned if they got it over you. Yeah, push that old lady. I'm gonna! <laughs> it's coming up. It's definitely coming up. That and the Doctor Who convention. I'll fight somebody there, too. Rose Tyler is a treasure! Okay, this week, mm. <laughs> yeah. I brought mm. Night in the Woods. Night in the Woods. Hey, Getty. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about Night in the Woods real quick. I Paint just want me you to understand. a picture. All right. A word picture. <laughs> Richard's, it, uh, Richard's scary storybook. All right. You're a cat who dropped out of college and then goes and hangs out in her old town and lives with her parents and sees everybody who was who never went to college. Oh, my God. Kind of in that That's small this town. game. That's this <laughs> game. Yeah. You were telling me about this game, like, forever ago, and I was like, this can't be real. This is, yeah. like, a depressing real-life video game. Yeah, but it's it's a, it's a really good look at, like, at mental health. The, she's got an anxiety and depression, and she comes home, and she leaves school because she's having a lot of, a rough time of it. Yeah, you're right, Daddy. This is, like, the anti-escapism that you're looking for in a game. Yeah, I have to it's stay just, away from this one. It's just really good because it it's it doesn't look that way. If you look at the gameplay of this game, it doesn't look this way. But it's it's a very serious tale about people who stayed in school because or stayed not, they didn't go to school because their parents got sick or their parents business they had decided to work at their parents' failing hardware store shop or something like that where they like they just never left. And then you come back and they're like, "Hey, didn't you go to college? Man, that must be crazy over there." I don't know. I'm kind of hanging out here. The town's kind of dying. No one's around anymore. <laughs> it just, it kind of gets really grim, but it talks about really serious stuff that's a positive way. Um, kind of leads you to ask what's next in life when your options are kind of limited. But there's also Shit, like a. I'm so depressed right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but there is some really, like, there's, a, there's an underlying tone of something seedy and nefarious and weird happening in the town, including like some mystical aspects about a a cult and an old world God uh, on the, in the background. And you kind of, it kind of comes up as the main plot, but for the most part, it's just kind of your character trying to deal with leaving school, coming home and trying to live with their parents who are very supportive, but you know, they also underlying are saying like, we kind of went broke sending you to college. So... Does this remind you of the Offspring song, The Kids Aren't Alright? Yeah, exactly. You basically just described the premise for the game being that song. What this reminds me of is like all of the indie movies in the mid to late 2000s that were about somebody with some sort of existential dread. Yeah, like that one Zach Braff movie that everyone... Garden State. Garden State, yeah. That's exactly the movie I was thinking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like the quintessential, like, white dude who is technically doing just fine, but, like, dealing with some personal anguish. That's that's kind of what Night in the Woods is. I, I really liked it. There is... The other... The main gameplay is going from point to point in the town in a in a 2D side-scrolling way where they say, like, hey, I should probably go see what that person's up to. They're at work, and you, like, traverse the town doing some light platforming and just going from <laughs> there, going to the town, seeing your friend at their job, and be like, hey, what are you doing? They're like, I'm working. This is my job. And you're like, cool. So there, there was this... <laughs> I played this a tiny bit, and... Yeah. One thing I distinctly remember is that through that, you get to a point pretty early on where you're meeting up with some other people from you grew up with, and you're playing, like, a song together with uh, instruments just doing, like, a band practice. And it turns into a Guitar Hero segment where you're having to match the keys with the track. Does it delve into lots of different mini-games like that, or are those sort of small one-off things? Uh, I want to say there's two. That one and then one other one I can't remember offhand. Oh, okay. And even that one is only happens, I think, three times. I see. All right. Yeah. But it is pretty funny because I just, I just got, I just did horribly at those. Horribly, horrible, horrible. And I was playing on the Switch and I'm not used to those controller button map outs as opposed to like an Xbox. Mm -hmm. So I just got, I I got like three notes in the whole song. And then they get a, they do different responses afterwards. And one of them goes, well, better keep practicing, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. So on top of that, it's a really deep character piece because when you go from point A to point B in the story, oh, I got to go see my friend or I got to go do this. Oh, go explore the woods, do this, that. And the other thing, there are people in town, live people. 
they're just they're, they're characters each one of them a character there's 15 to 20 just inhabitants of this town and when you go from point a to point b you can stop and have a conversation with them and it doesn't do a dialogue tree there's there's sometimes an option of what you should say but for the most part it's just straightforward back and forth and those are some of the most interesting and intriguing and cool in uh people in the game you'll just talk to somebody and be like hey man what you doing he's like nothing he's like me either and then you walk away <laughs> but then the next story beat you can go back to him and you go what you doing man he goes chilling he goes Oh, cool. That's an upgrade. And then you walk out. And then like, the next time you talk to him, the conversations keep progressing to the point that at one point that guy's just telling you, oh, you should listen to my poetry. And you're like, cool. And he tells you this poetry. And it's just like real silly. But it's like, man, that guy grew as a character. This is background character just stands in the same spot the entire game. But as you keep talking to him, the conversations progress. And that's the entire game. You keep reading, meeting new people. One person just like, she just starts talking about like, oh, you knew my grandfather. And she's like, yep. And then turns out that lady was in love and dated your grandfather. And your grandfather chose the grandmother instead of that lady, but that lady is always kind of sad and misses the grandfather. And so it's like there's a lot of deep stuff that's completely passable. Mm-hmm. This is still so, super heavy to me. Yeah. I'm not going to play this game. <laughs> I recommend it to anybody because it's just, it's so fun and endearing. And every character, like the dad would tell you these bad dad jokes, and you're just like, man, I love you, dad. That guy is awesome. Yeah, but and you I, have me to do that for you every week as I write up the podcast. Yeah. Did he exactly. want you to call him daddy? <clears throat> no, I didn't say that no, at all. I didn't say that either. <laughs> what I'm that saying crosses is that a line. This, <laughs> I'm saying is that these characters are so well written that I wanted to continue to talk to them to find out what they would say next, despite them having zero effect on the story. So they, they gave me more to do. Okay, so it, but a lot of the interactions that you have in the game don't actually play out to the final ending, right? No, they do not. It's not like the. the point- uh, I was going to get at trying to compare it to Life is Strange, where that yeah. was another game that was really heavy into real life, but then towards the towards the end, you started to realize that not every person was super essential or super important to what the outcome was going to be. That's exactly what this is. These, you, you very much, they make it very clear, these characters have zero impact on the story. But I kept talking to them because the conversations kept so, becoming so funny. Well, yeah, so like, do you remember in Life is Strange when the one uh, girl keeps getting, like, pelted and hit with stuff? Through the <laughs> yeah. Cor- yeah. yeah, and if you, like, actively choose to save her from all of those things, like, at the end, I guess the interactions with her are a little bit better, but it doesn't have a bearing over the game. Yeah, that's what Night in the Woods is. It has point A to point B missions that continue the story, and you can progress. It's very linear. Go from this part of the town to this part of the town, screen by screen, until you get to that character and you talk to them, and then the story progresses. But the the town itself is very lively and very alive and very well written. So I always recommend that anybody, if they can, just play Night in the Woods and enjoy yourself. Or just get really paranoid and upset. Kind of. I mean that's been normal for you though. Mm-hmm. Drink. The look, the look is I'm really charming already. to this though. The look is what? Charming, very charming. It is. The presentation is great, and uh, again, this can't talk enough about that writing. Now, Joel, mm-hmm. you were bringing us something to the table this week, right? Yeah, I just thought I'd give a quick check in. I am near done with Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, and oh, nice. thought I'd give some closing thoughts. I I I did a little bit of a, a walk through check check just as it felt like I was near and I'm pretty much at the last boss so my follow-up is mainly that it's still a good game uh still very much a symphony of the night like in that you're exploring uncovering the map to search and find the next boss and then you're going to hit dates where you need to find the right ability to let you go past that in that section. There are some twists that you have to circumvent to in order to get to the true ending <laughs> and allow yourself to get the entire map filled out. So stuff that's well trodden ground for this type of game. Wait, an actual true ending? Like the, there's a bad ending to it? Yes. So there are technically oh. a handful of endings. So it's it's, it's very night. It's very much like Symphony of the Night. Have you played that before, Daddy? I have not, so that's like okay. my so focus. symphony. Uh, what? <laughs> what? Okay. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil something technically for symphony of the night. In symphony of the night, you are Alucard, a Dracula, half Dracula, half half Dracula, half, half Dracula, uh, 
that technically true. Half Dracula, yeah. half human. Uh, Alucard is Dracula backwards. backwards. Yeah. <laughs> is, is it really? Yes. Half, I thought it was Acula. I, th- I, oh, yeah. I think half Dracula might need to be the episode title this week. Dr. Um, Acula. Half Dracula. Right anyway. in <laughs> How many white claws is that? Six? <laughs> Two. <laughs> you're, fi- you're falling behind, Joel. Uh, oh, trust me. I, I can... I can do this all day. Um, anyway, so in Symphony of the Night, you get to the end of what you think is the castle, and you're fighting off a guy named uh, Richter Belmont. I know him very well. And if you don't get the right item, you end up killing him in battle, and then it gives you a game over, like a little story vignette, and then like a quote-unquote bad ending, right? And... What you needed to do was find this hidden area in the map to get you a set of sunglasses that allows you to see an apparition hanging over Richter when you encounter that battle, and then you're supposed to be attacking that apparition that has him under a spell. And then that opens up the second half of the game. (laughs) What? Uh, Yep. 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 So it it pulls a similar thing with this. Not not one-to-one, but... That's actually where one of my drives is in this is that where in Symphony of the Night, when you get to that part and go past it, it opens up an inverted castle where you're uncovering the entire map again, except upside down. This one has you doing some certain backtracking and having to sort of hunt and peck and figure out the next spot to go to in order to uncover the next sort of story beat Hmm. on it. So it's a little less clear and a little more meandering than I like in that way. I mean, it's it's not a killer thing, especially with how easy it is to find a walkthrough. But for me, when I was trying to avoid walkthroughs for the most part, it was a little grating. Joel, yeah. uh, I just want to interject here. That was the thing about Hollow Knight, mm-hmm. almost verbatim, Yeah, is that there is a a quote-unquote bad ending and the bad if you want the good ending you have to backtrack throughout the map which is roughly probably i want to say the size of a castlevania symphony of the night style uh map yeah and hunt and peck and find these specific items and go through and do these specific challenges to get the good ending are there war points in hollow knight Yes, but they're strategic. They're strategic to certain spots on the map, meaning that even if you warp, you still gotta traverse some areas and like walk quite a bit. Okay, so there's actually a lot of similarities between this and that then, because that yes. that's sort of the same kind of thing. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention here too was that there's some really bad slowdown on parts of this. For the most part, it's not insurmountable. But specifically, there's a late boss that is sort of casino-themed, and he does a move where he's piling up a bunch of poker chips and sort of slamming them towards the middle to crush you. And the game would seriously just, like, pause for two or three seconds when he was about to push it down. Not even, like, slow down a frame rate, just pause. And then it would come back in, and it'd be crashing into you with no way to respond back. (laughs) And it's just crazy to me that something like that was let through i understand the switch had some problems with frame rate steadiness and jank that uh playstation 4 and xbox shouldn't have had but that i'm running this on a playstation 4 pro it's it's kind of unacceptable that it was that bad and the only reason that i was able to get through it was because the boss was just so painfully easy to to get through that it didn't matter Hmm. uh and that brings you to another point. The boss scaling is kind of out of whack. So it's really uneven in that some bosses will be painfully easy to cheese and just you know, push your way through by spamming a certain move. And other ones are aggravatingly tough. So there's this character that is voiced by David Hayter. He's sort of like a samurai dude. <laughs> uh, and he it makes you understand why maybe Kojima didn't want to stick with him. <laughs> As a voice actor, <laughs> in terms of his quality of voice acting, too. But I, his, his battles were so weirdly difficult. And, and it, he's one of the first battles you face, too. So, like, it's a big block at the start. You face him a few more times, I think, down the line, and he's still difficult then. But it's like the, the difficulty progression is not a sliding scale. It is up and down like a, a wave. So that, that was a weird thing, too. The... Hmm. There are some little, like, side rooms that you have to find keys to unlock, which open up optional bosses, which is interesting. 
but I've not mm-hmm. been able to beat any of them. So I don't know what they are yet, like <laughs> what they give you. <laughs> and then uh, I had mentioned before that in the town area, there are different like little mini missions regarding slay X number of beasts of this type, and you go back and you get a reward out of it. I've done a few of those. I've also done a few ones where you need to like cook certain foods for townspeople. I, I like there are these little side things that I think are meant to stretch the length of the game that I don't know what value there is in them. Like it's it's something where it is lending to the idea of me continuing to play, but I don't know if it's because I'm actually enjoying doing it or if it's just because I feel like I'm that close to the finish line that I have a compulsion to try to 100% this. It's dangerous. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> that's that's Trust my concern. Me, I know. Yeah, it, it's but it's like I feel like I'm that close cuz the the map I'm like 98.5% complete so it's like i'm close to that i i don't think that i did enough of the sort of upgrading of things because i've hit the final boss and i've hit a brick wall so i feel like at this point i'm gonna have to go back and try to find Do some grinding yeah in order to be ready for it because i've even like tried to strategize and plan for their attack patterns and it's still been pretty tough just because i don't think i'm doing enough damage but all in all, it's it's still very much that game. I'm still having fun with it for the most part. Uh, I just think that I'm getting to a point where I'm ready for it to be done, and I don't think it's done with me yet. So, <laughs> well, you got to finish it now. You've gone far enough. I'm too I'm too close. I have to finish it. You yeah. have yeah. to tonight. Tonight, Do absolutely it. not with the white claws. With the white claws, <laughs> I'm definitely not finishing it with that. Bloodstained. That'll probably be the last check-in, I think, until I start getting into it, which it's a plan. It's a plan. I'm waiting for him to fix that switch port, and then I'll jump in. Mm. Now, uh, Getty, you played Evoland 1, which uh, I kind of discussed in a previous episode. But With now Richard. you've yeah. just gone through Evoland 2. The whole thing. See, I kind of kept away from this uh, only because I Evoland, Evoland 1 was a very short three-hour game that kind of it wore what it was doing on its sleeve, upgrading from uh, 8-bit to 16-bit to 32-bit 3D and getting party members and doing these different things where it adds more features to the game and goes through the different variations of, t- of RPGs throughout time as they've impressed and, gra- and graphics have gotten better. Mm-hmm. But Evil Land 2 did not look like it did anything like that. It looked like it was just a straight standard game. Tell me about Evil Land 2. So you're... You're not too far removed from it, Alex. Evoland 2. So I played this on Switch because it came in a bundle with Evoland 1. And it feels like your classic JRPG from back in the day. It's not a lot like Evoland 1 in a lot of aspects. So there is some evolution during the course of the game, but it's not as involved as the first one where you open chests and, and you're able to unlock different aspects of the game. This one, it, it kind of throws everything out in front of you pretty early, and it, it doesn't feel like a blatant ripoff of a lot of other games, except See, for... I, like, I, I felt like th- that was just trying to show you what what history was, what these games were oh, back in the day. but come on. Some of the some of the things were just, like, really clearly ripped Yeah, like, off. one of them was just Diablo. Yeah, like Diablo or even the whole uh, Final Fantasy VII thing. Yeah. Like, that played a huge part of it. But the the feel, like, the real big ripoff that I got off of this was Chrono Trigger. So okay. one of the things that you're able to do in Evil Land 2 is you can hop between past, present, and future. And at different, at different times during the game, it'll drop you into the different eras. And then towards the end of the game, you can go back and forth. But in this one, you actually get a full party of four characters. You don't have them necessarily for most of the game, and they do come from different timelines. So you and the the one character that wakes you up at the beginning because you've been knocked unconscious and surprise, Joel, you have amnesia. Perfect. Uh. <laughs> uh, you're you're from like the standard like present day. That's what they call it. And then you you move back and forth from present to future, and you, you collect the other characters. But each one of the characters has a field skill, or at least your teammates do. So one of the girls, she can shoot air that'll cut through stuff. Uh, one of the guys will do, like, a ground smash, and it'll break apart rocks. And then the last girl that you come across, she gives you, like, a freezing ability, so you can cross some parts of the river. 
rivers, water in general. But this one is so big, it's so much bigger than Evil Land 1. Uh, we're talking like 20 hours compared to... Three. three, three, four hours. That's why I didn't continue. I didn't push into Evil Land Two. Was just it seemed so daunting in a way that like Evil Land One was short and sweet in a way that I could handle, and I didn't know if I was up for two. I, so it's not, it kind of sounded like Evil Land One was trying to be a set of homages to other RPGs. Is this trying to strike out and be its very own thing? It is, and it, mm-hmm. in some ways, it still plays on different variations of other games, but it has its own identity. I guess that's the best way to put it. You definitely feel like this game wants to set itself apart from the last game, but at the same time, paying respect to some of the games that have come before it. So some of my favorite variations that I came across as you play through, there's a Bomberman level. Weird. <laughs> it's it's weird, but it's kind of fun. Uh, there's a Puzzle Quest level. Cool. So you have to go through and defeat six, six dwarves and play them. Uh, no, they're not even dwarves. I, I, sorry. They're Vikings, but they're all, like, short in stature, so I thought of, like, World of Warcraft dwarves. Or at least that's the impression I got from them. Uh, So you have to beat them, and each one of them has, like, a different set of skills, and your characters have their own preset skills, so you you match, and you gain your mana, and then you attack with those. Uh, The Mega Man level was a lot of fun, so you do, like, a live chase through, uh, through an area. You're shooting, you're trying to avoid different things. Uh, Some of the ones I didn't enjoy... (laughs) <laughs> uh, like Alex had uh, talked about a little bit earlier, the Guitar Hero session. Oh, God. There is one of those. Um, wow. Yeah, uh, it, it's really that one. You know what? That's the only one I didn't really like. It just didn't seem as much fun as the rest that I came across. Okay. Uh, so one of the things that... the And uh, maybe uh, maybe it's just the nostalgia from Chrono... Cro- uh, yeah, Chrono Trigger. Yeah, Chrono Trigger. But... When you're going back and forth between time, towards the end of the game, it wasn't that tedious, was it, guys? Chrono Trigger? Chrono Trigger. No. Chrono Trigger. No. This one was super tedious when it came to, like, oh, you need to get this. So you go to this time and you talk to this guy so you can purchase a key to this house so that you can go back to this time to talk this guy to talk to this guy and then go back to a different time again in order to progress the story. Oh, God. Yeah. That sounds annoying. So it gets kind of... It's really tedious. It's There's no other way to say it. Frustrating, but... I get to it. No, I, 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 my, it's been a while, but my memory of Chrono Trigger was that things were fairly linear and straightforward if you were trying to mainline the story, and that sounds like a bit of extra bad tracking that yeah. I don't quite recall. No. You didn't need to go back and forth so many times. Right. Obviously, you could go and explore the different times, but you didn't. You didn't need to. No, you did absolutely, absolutely did not. Yeah, sorry. I I wrote down Chrono Cross here originally, but yeah, it was Chrono Trigger. Now, um, yeah, with with Evil Land Two, was the story cohesive? Did they give the main character a personality? Yeah, there's a lot of hinting <laughs> as you play through the story because he doesn't ever fully regain his memory, and you, they don't like place it out for you nicely you have to connect the dots until the very end of the game and post credits they give you a teaser of you know what what brings the whole story together Uh uh-huh and it's it was kind of like oh shit okay so so they kind of tell you who he is after the credits yeah so you don't I, I, you could probably guess, but the path that you take to get there is different from what the game kind of leads you to believe. So it, it kind of like hints that you might have been a really bad guy at some point, but then uh, it... I'm not going to spoil the game. Just just suck it up and play the JRPG, Alex. I refuse. Well, then we'll have a conversation <laughs> off-air about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am curious, but... It's interesting that they kind of like change and give you a personality that, they, but it's weird that they tell you that off, uh, like after credits. It's well, that's how they like they finish the story. Okay. I mean, I can spoil it for you if you want, but I'm not. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody else. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Now, are do you think that Evil Land Two was a positive move forward or an unnecessary step? You know, having not played a JRPG like of this level in a very long time, I 
really appreciated it. I think that it was not what fans probably expected based on what the first game was, but it had its charm. It had some quirky parts to it. I generally enjoyed it. There were some parts that were frustrating, some puzzles that were unnecessarily complicated, but Mm -hmm. nothing that stopped me. Uh, So that's really hard. From your perspective, it's probably an unnecessary step. From my perspective, it's it's got a lot of charm. I liked it. That's how I felt coming away from Evil Land 1. Right. So, Joel, what can we do to put you in an Evil Land? Send me a code. <laughs> Joel, it's like five bucks. It's like one five dollars. One or two. Both. One. Mm. It's for both. Is it? I bought it for five bucks on Nintendo for both of them. Uh, I'm pulling it up on Steam. Oh, that's... Just give get this man a switch copy. Okay, I'll look into it. Cause yeah, it's twelve dollars for the collector for both packs, I believe, on Steam. Nah, okay. straight up, Joel. Just keep an eye on Nintendo. I waited till yeah. it was on sale, five dollars. Guys, mm-hmm. even if you don't play the second one, the first one, first one is definitely worth the five dollars. I'll, I'll, I'll add it to my wish list. Yeah. Well, that's it for the hard content for this week. Softer con. No, I'm not reading that. <laughs> 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 drink, Getty, drink. I, I'm done with this 40. I'm going to finish it what? right now. I'm finishing Man, it. I am behind. I am behind. That's all problematic. and use our normal one last thing segment to say what we're thankful for this year in gaming since Thanksgiving is tomorrow. But, you know, most people want to spend time with their families. <laughs> you guys got all we got to do. I got to go see my family. Yeah. Tell you, record a podcast. Tell your mom I said hi. And Will I do. appreciate that she watched us on Extra Life. She did. I, I hope she didn't catch the uh, general jousting hour. <laughs> no, she was at the scary part in the beginning. My mom oh, says okay. it late. All right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, mom's up to like four in the morning most nights. One last thing. One last statement to start our weekend. And one last statement to start your work week as these go uh, live on Sundays. Your twerk week? Twerk week. You are being sloppy. The yeah. Going. <laughs> Again, that 40. Just all over the place tonight. It's getting worse. <laughs> I am grateful to our listeners because most of our friends have fallen off listening at this point. <laughs> True statement. So the only oh. people listening are the actual listeners, which is great, and we thank you all. Yeah, thank so you. much. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Now, Joel, what's your one last thing? I am grateful for Arona introducing me to White Claws, which is a surprisingly crisp and refreshing alcoholic beverage. Uh, I am more of a fan of the black cherry than the lime, although the lime isn't bad either. Uh, hashtag dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all lime. And uh, Getty, what are you? Uh, what's your one last thing for this week? Well, I'm actually thankful for being able to hang out with you bums at least a couple of hours every week and talk about video games. And it also gives me an excuse to spend more on video games. So we need the connect for Destiny soon. Oh yes. God! Oh my God! I, I I know you're already playing it. You, you just need to hook us up with your. Uh, actually, <laughs> your I didn't. Weeklies. I didn't get a chance uh, to do it last couple of weeks because i finished borderlands so nice we gotta we gotta do a a destiny warframe piece that's what i want to do is i want to do destiny versus warframe so that's fine but we should definitely yeah if you guys alex is actually a little accustomed to some of the newer content uh we made him do it but joel you know i'm always available to kill everything i'll i'll raise the tade signal sometime here oh Monday? Monday? <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> it's so depressing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I could yep. do Monday. Yeah. Multiplayer Mondays? Yeah, sure. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Mul- multiplayer Mondays? Hold on, Alex. I got a I got an extra thing to add to that. What's that? Just just hold on. Oh yeah. Oh god. <laughs> Is that a second forty? It's a second forty. It's a second 40. I had six, six whole dollars in my wallet today. <laughs> and the guy at the liquor store was plum surprised. Man, <laughs> we, you were ritzy in the burbs, man. Mine cost $1.75. Oh, 
this Mickey's is uh, a high class beverage for a low <laughs> class gentleman. <laughs> I have, I have no comments, but I, of course I grew up drinking Mad Dog Twenty Twenty. Oh, all right, take us out of hey. here. that will be it for this week's super gg radio before we go you can find us on twitter at super gg radio and twitch.tv slash super gg radio where i got destroyed in rivals of aether uh in multiplayer monday there is nothing more humbling nothing more saddening nothing that will make a grown man cry than getting restocked in 30 seconds you made someone's day by lending the body yeah i don't know if i made his day or if i was just cannon fodder man (laughs) sounded like he was fodder I was decimated without question. Note, Ke- Kelly and Joel are off in 2D Tuesdays, almost finished with Inside. I think next episode we'll have them finishing that game. I have not played that one, so I'm interested to watch. Yeah. I have completed the process of uploading the archived sections of the Extra Life stream to our YouTube page. So if you want to see any section from the scary points of Blair Witch all the way to the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Chaos... That is up there per game. Though, I will say that I, I am going to archive uh, on YouTube the full 24-hour stream if I cut out some of the intermingling conversations for anybody. <laughs> uh, and uh, Hartwig will resume his journey through Metal Gear Solid after his break this Friday, but since this goes up on Sunday, you probably already know. Enjoy yourselves as I did last Friday with my trek into Death Stranding. Shout out to Brock. That was up to you, buddy. Your request is that. <laughs> Everybody else had to suffer because of you. Uh, if you'd like to reach us with questions or input, our email address is superggradio at gmail.com. Provide a review on iTunes or the Black Friday binge order of your choice. Thanks for listening. And GG, Joel. GG. Good game, Getty. GG. Good night, everybody.